0: You're listening to the OLLI at UNT podcast, recorded at the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of North Texas, where we offer courses, events, and more for adults age 50 and better. To learn more about our program, please visit our website, olli.unt.edu, or send us an email at at olli.unt.edu. now, let's join our host, Ollie at UNT member Susan Supak, as she sits down for another conversation with one of the people who makes our program so special. This is Susan Supak speaking at the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of North Texas in Denton, Texas, known to most of us as Ollie. I'm speaking today with Vedacharya Dr. Danada Kulkarni, an Ayurveda physician and yoga therapist from India. Dr. Kulkarni is also a licensed massage therapist and has been practicing Ayurveda and yoga in the United States for the last 18 years. Additionally, her education and teaching experience both nationally and internationally involves a wide range of topics to include a collective knowledge of Vedic astrology, vastu, and integrative medicine. She founded the Astanga Ayurveda Center in Kapol, Texas and serves as an executive board member for several Ayurveda organizations as well as an integral member of the Association of Ayurveda Professionals of North America. On the executive board for the Council of Ayurveda Credentialing, an expert on Ayurveda Panchakarma bodywork and is a teacher in the techniques covering all aspects of Ayurveda Massage and Ayurveda Treatments. Vedacharya, Dr. Kulkarni, has been the host of several programs involving holistic Ayurveda solutions on various media groups such as Radio Azad, Funasia, EBC Radio, Radio Zindagi, and Asia TV she hails from the classical yajurvedic brahman by tradition her knowledge of vedic astrology and vastu is inherited to her dna from her vedic brahman family You have a wide variety of expertise, and I'm so excited to speak to you about these topics and to learn more about what they are and how they can be applied to a person's health and lifestyle. I guess the best place to begin is to explain to our listeners who might not be familiar with these terms from your introduction and your body of knowledge about what they mean. Could you begin by explaining what Ayurveda is?
1: Definitely, Susan. First of all, I would really like to say hello, good morning, namaste to all the listeners of UNT's podcast here. And very, very importantly, especially thank you to Susan. Thank you. She's so beautiful. Her (laughs) eyes her whole color, and we are meeting here on the morning. Everywhere there's a green and light spreading with a lot of good health, healing. So I would like to thank you, Suzanne, um, so much. So let's start with grounding. I would like to invite all my listeners here to get our conversation enjoyed and this knowledge that we are going to pour for them by inviting the sereneness, the calmness, the healing, the wellness, the light that we want to bring them for. So let's start with the Aum meditation. We will chant with three ohm. And everyone close their eyes if they're sitting, try to be having spine straight, breathing deep, and breathe out. Oh. Please open your eyes slowly within your palms and take a deep breath. Now that we are ready to take and digest all what Sanskrit terms that Susan has beautifully pronounced.
0: <laughs> with a little practice and help from you.
1: <laughs> and she had a wonderful job on there. So first of all, let's begin with my name. Veda Acharya is Veda means knowledge. And Acharya, the one who is a master, who is a teacher, who is a learned, who has studied a quite a amount of years into the Vedic sciences, being um, that Blessed from my family, as you said. I am from a Yajur Vedic Brahmin family. Yajur Veda is a Veda, part of a one textbook. There are four types of Vedas, the scriptures. They are the oldest form of the conscious healing, the conscious higher self meditative sciences that are today existed. And they are Rugved yajurved Samavid, and Atarvaved. So these four are the universal, all the subjects. They talk about it. They talk about your wellness, they talk about the nature, the herbs, they talk about how to integrate different aesthetics, the science of energy, the energy medicine that is dealing with your houses that you live in with, the energy that you drive your car. Or the energy, the equipment come along with you, or the energy, what nature, what animal, what people you come in contact, what color you want to choose, what type of clothes you want to put on. And there is an infinite knowledge about it, starting from the progony that a man and a woman wants to make like Adams and Eves, to the end where a man, after even death, what rituals they should be doing. All is defined and concise, not by a mankind, but the people, they were sages and seers. And the knowledge that it says, that means not made by the mankind, but given to them by a higher state of consciousness. So you cannot claim Ayurveda or yoga patented sciences. Like in today's world, everybody is dying to get the patents. Ayurveda cannot be patented because it's a science of nature, science of life, science of different integrative medicines. And you can take this science in every subject. If you are in fashion industry, you could find such a great deeper references to the new culture, new fashion, new ethnicity, you can be revealing that doors. If you are looking for wellness, if you are looking for different types of technologies, it is there. So Vedas are the depth of oceans of knowledge. And they say that it cannot be read or understood in one life. And that is why Veda Acharya has been best title from my family to me that we as a family that is born and learned from my ancestors only to these Vedas. My family is been priest and my family has been trained for a long, long chain of them. They were having their bread and butter on
0: Vedic knowledge. Very interesting. Can you explain a little bit more about these patterns of energy that you mentioned?
1: Absolutely. Ayurveda is all about that. The Vedic knowledge is all about your energy. People would ask, oh, scientifically, if you cannot test, you cannot prove, that means it is not valid. But let me give my listeners an idea about the energy patterns that Ayurveda and Vedic science wants to tell you to the modern world. And that is, if you are listening to me right now, you are listening it through a radio waves. We have internet waves. We have cell phone waves. And it has been scientifically proven that the way we listen, the way our mind gets understanding with the different technologies is through these unseen waves, isn't it? That's so true. So let me ask you this. If I am talking to you and you can listen to me today and the technology is... Being captured by this nature. Imagine if this form of media that we are connected together is definitely supported by the cosmetic nature pressure, nature environment, the waves, the space, the criteria that has been created with the matter and the energy together is only on the earth. It is not in any other planet. If I have to talk to you, from the moon, it would have been a different energy system. If I want to go out of there in the galaxies and I have to explain you the same matter of energy, it changes and it has been proved by scientists. So what happens is when the cosmos was created, the energy patterns and the energy knowledge was at very higher level of consciousness of understanding. And this knowledge of energy patterns has given in Ayurveda to learn about each and every animate and inanimate person or object. And that is through the five elements. These five elements are your earth, water, space, air and fire. These are the basic necessary five greater elements existed even in today's world. Without space, we wouldn't be connected. Without water, we wouldn't be alive. Without air, we cannot breathe. Without fire, we cannot do anything. Remember when first time the human being created the fire,
0: they were so happy, they started cooking. So these five elements, each have their own patterns of energy is that they correct? do they do now imagine
1: i would like to take all you back in those thousands of years back where there was nothing but these five elements there was no knowledge about laboratories there was no knowledge about research there was a humankind hardly found any clothes to put on they were part of nature so what happens is these sages and seers, they would have nothing to do but to meditate, right? Right. We, like today, we don't have crazy professions back then. We didn't have to fight for the money. We didn't have to get over on all of this. So what they did is they meditate. That was their whole work. Now through the meditation, they used to go from one universe to the another universe through their mind, through their technology and the higher knowledge and in
0: universe are you referring to
1: these energies so, to the energies okay. so if i would have to connect from here to the different parts of the world they never not air airplane tickets but they were had their conscious mind to take and imagine someone or message someone through their consciousness So what happened is they sat together and they find that if I want to create something for mankind, it should be within the nature, with the tone with the nature. So this is how the energy pattern created in Ayurveda, that they sit together and in conscious mind, they saw that the five elements are woven and honed with each other. So the observation was their research, basically. So they observed that the space for the air to breathe in and out or to have the air filled in spaces. So air definitely need a space combination to do something, to happen something, to feel the elements. So if you imagine for a humankind now from the nature, if you breathe in, you have space in your nostrils. There's always air filled in your mouth as you take your food inside. The stomach has space. If you have your bones in between the bones, they are porous. They hold space. So they started breaking it to the bite size, into humankind. And they found that the way our earlobe is being able to hear, it has a space space to take that sound waves in and out. So human body is based on air and space together. The energy that they named is called Vata. So it is a combination of air and space energy called Vata. Okay, then the next they came, they saw the earthy structure of water is being held on the bed of earth. If you look at ocean, if you look lakes, if you look different types of water, Water storages, they need earthy bed structure to hold that water. That's why they are so wide. we call them as oceans or lakes. So what is that in human body? as is earthy earthy structure? And they found that it is their bones. And now today, scientifically, we found that the bone holds the same structure as the soil. If mm. you take the soil ingredients, Iron, sulfur, copper, different magnesium and different types of these nutrients. Exact combination our bones have. We hold magnesium in our bones, sulfur, calcium, potassium, iron, all that we need in our bone structure. And the same material we need to get being healthy. So they found that these earthy structures hold Water structure, which is in our bones, if you see, to have the good movements, there is a fluid intacted in our two joints of the bones. In our joints, knee joint or the elbow joint, the bigger joint, we hold synovial fluid, which is the fluid that helps your bone to lubricate and move. So does your ears, so does your saliva. So does your mucus inside? So does the man ejaculate? All these is a water bodies that has been hold on the these structures of the bone structure, and that's how we get a shape. They've been observing this from the nature. This energy of water and earth together they call kapha. And the last one is little more scientific mind, a little more complex, but I help you to understand. Imagine the fire and water together. Can the fire and water be together? Yes, it's not exactly as you see as a chemical combination. Imagine your car runs on gas, right? The gas is a liquid, right? But it has energy. It transforms from one energy to the other and that's how our car runs. Imagine the liquid type of fuels like kerosene. How does it work? The kerosene or other gas, the fuel energies, they are liquid. They have the potential to transform into the energy. These sages and seers were very, very scientists. They realized that our energy that transforms our food into our body structures or into our nutrients what is happening is it's liquid energy. And now that we know it's HCl, which is we call as a hydrochloric acid in our stomach. So they said it has an energy, it's a fiery energy, but it's liquid because that makes the fire and water combination together. And the water combination they wanted to put is basically acid and alkali balance that we have found today. And that's why that
0: energy is called Pitta. P-I-T-T-A. So we all have these three energies within us. Yes. That is all part of what makes us who we are.
1: Exactly.
0: And I'm assuming there must be internal or external factors that perhaps could affect these energies within us.
1: Absolutely. Now imagine what they did is they created this energy, water, pitta and kapha. In Ayurveda, it's as simple as looking at people familiar with the chi energy, right? It's the same way in Ayurvedic medicine, we find your own constitution based on these energy patterns. That constitution is called prakruti. Okay, it's your genetic makeup that you are born with. So this would be an individual thing. Exactly, it's a very individual. So if I would have to sit and do your own prakriti, it would be different than if you have a twins that born from the same parents. And how do you determine this? Ayurvedic all these diagnostics and prognosis has different methods. They characterized. Vata people, Pitta people, Kapha people, they characterize their diseases, they characterize how their temperament will be, how they're socially would be acting, how they would be fine with doing antagonistic treatments with this, what are the prone diseases for that kind of a constitution. So we get to learn all that in our Ayurvedic medicine.
0: So the Vata people as a group would have different characteristics than, say, the Kapha people as a group. And yet within that group, each individual has their own. Own prakriti. It's like people come to me and they say, oh, I found myself
1: online. I took a Vata, Pitta, Kapha, Dosha test and I am a Vata person. But unfortunately, the foundation that they don't understand that we have this. Three energies together, woven, that's how we make. But what happens over the period as you born, the internal factors. So when you born, what your mom ate, what was her lifestyle, what was her diet, how she behaved, what was her temperament, that genetic makeup come into you. Even if she is a different prakriti or even if she was in a different constitution, not necessarily she would do the same kind of a diet or same kind of a behavioral patterns when you were born. So what happens, that is a factor that has been integrated by the sages. They that says that's one of the factors makes your constitution very strongly. And another factor is the way you born. There, was there any injuries? Was there any genetic makeup in the beginning? Some people born with the pre-diabetic condition. Some people born with such genetic makeup. So it's very important when somebody comes with us and we ask them not only these Vata-Pitta energies, but we have to take open their whole book of life to find out their true genetic makeup and then determine what their likings are, what their social behaviors are, what is their mental attitudes they're doing for the spiritual awakenings or what they're doing as a healthy habits and diets and lifestyles
0: together. So what does a person do with this information? So a person can really find
1: a good knowledgeable understanding about what their constitution could be and then take that like for an example it has been written and proven that a vata person because of the higher related percentage of element of vata, which is air and space in that body, they tend to get constipated. They tend to get more discomfort into their digestive system. They tend to get more anxiety, not being organized. They tend to get more of such kind of alignment. So ahead of time, if you know that This is what my drakruti is. This is what my genetic makeup is. I can take all that information and integrate for not happening that or find out the ways that would not lead me to those conditions ahead of time. And that has been a boon. That's why Ayurveda now in today's era is so popular because naturally, I would say if you could change your schedule, you could change your life. It's as simple as it is. So learning to Ayurveda is really understanding about who you are. It's not about what your insurance pays the money. It's not about your diseases. It's not about what you carry as oh, I'm a high cholesterol or I'm a high blood pressure or people call, oh, I have a fibromyalgia for so many years. So you have to take a fresh pair of lenses and see yourself as a potential healing content person than seeing and labeling you as yourself a deceased person. And when you take off that labels, And you'd start looking at yourself. I do have a potential from within myself because God has designed me, the nature has designed me in such a way that I hold the power of healing. How does a broken bone knows how to heal? It heals himself. No doctor go within and heal your bone for you, which is broken you have a healing potential. You need to understand by choosing something natural, by choosing something that would enhance this characteristics of potentiality that is healing in the body, mind and spirit. Once you understand and you tune in with that, the sky is limit for the healing and wellness.
0: So you're incorporating who a person is in their whole makeup, their whole energy, their genetics, their past, everything, and then incorporating that into the sense of healing versus just focusing in on perhaps the symptom of the imbalance, which would be showing itself as a disease. Yeah. So which leads me, I suppose, to the next question I know you're a doctor, and you say, you know, make clear, I'm not a Western doctor. So what is the difference between Ayurveda and Western medicine? This is one of
1: my very favorite questions,
0: (laughs) because
1: our Western mind or our modern minds are so much trained and brainwashed with how we look to the science, Imagine a person who wants to just see a doctor for no reason. Like if you would call in today with your doctor, they would ask you, what's the reason? What's the reason you want to see your doctor? And you said nothing. Isn't it? It sounds foolish, right? It sounds like uh, she lost her mind, right? But if you call to me and you would ask, I just want to see you because uh, I want to see you. There's no reason. I just want to see how healthy I am and I want to maintain my health or I want to learn how to preserve my health. The doctor of a kind would not even give an appointment or a time versus doctor of a kind of Ayurveda would not necessarily give you any prescription, would not necessarily give you state-of-the-art pills or tell you anything but there are conditions if you would like to see me I would say your prescription is to take your spouse hand and have a beautiful stroll into the garden oh that sounds wonderful that's your prescription no yep. doctor would be able to do that your prescription might be sip a hot water your prescription might be learn how to do 20 minutes of meditation so it's all about you it's not about how could I fix you It's about how do
0: I awaken the doctor within you? It seems like the Western mind is being awakened to that sort of thinking and healing with all that has come out lately on the effects of mindfulness on our ourselves and on our body chemistry and our effect in aging and all of that. People are becoming aware of the benefits of yoga and meditation and how it truly affects even those who suspect, oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, do it. It's good for you. But there have been, if they want, scientific studies. There have been actual scientific studies showing the beneficial nature of those kinds of things.
1: Absolutely. And we don't deny that we want to give the scientific studies, especially Ayurveda is scientifically proven and tested. It is not a local or you can call it as a folk science or a folk medicine. It is not. It's a time tested proven science which has n number of scientific studies done and it's been upcoming. The best important thing that one should take from Ayurveda is you don't have to push yourself or you don't have to do fat diet. The healing should come within peacefully. As long as you long for that happiness, you long for that being a sovereign of that contentness, you just should ask yourself, am I happy mentally? Am I happy physically? Am I in pain? And if at all I am in pain, am I masking out that pain? Or am I masking out that symptom? So it is not that we treat your symptoms or it is not we treat your disease. It is the you that is needed to be treated. And that's why what is your diet? What is your lifestyle? If there is any exercise you do, if there is any nice potent herbs That would help you. If there is any particular yoga asanas, yoga position, or even just chanting om or chanting your own spiritual aspect, what is the aroma that helps you? So it's not a one kind, not always herbs or not always pills is the treatment it is the treatment of your lifestyle it is the knowledge of your life i would say the authentic wellness or the authentic healing has to happen and start from within you unless an addictive person does not want to leave their addiction whatever it is i have a patient said i have a tv watching addiction it not necessarily that you are only a drug addict person. Right. You could be an addicted to the bad lifestyle. You could be addicted to the bad people for gossiping. <laughs> right.
0: Or even buying. Even buying, buying. Purchasing things all the time. You could be addicted
1: to the bad reading, the horror readings. Mm-hmm. Or you could be addicted for not sleeping on time. So it's going against the nature. You know, all these integrate into talking to you, learning about you, giving you time time, pleasing yourself with relaxation therapies, taking you to the authentic way of cleansing that slowly. So I always emphasize that even people do the cleansing or even they set on going their own on their detoxifications by reading something. They should not guinea pig themselves. What they should do is always, always try to talk with the expert because the body is a mechanism. If you let it set for another different type of, for an example, a ketosis diet or a blood type diet or something else, and then for a while you go on that, and then you in between you drop that as a habit, and then you come on back again what you did because it's not continuous. Your body is on a roller coaster. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it sounds like something off. dangerous. It sounds like something that should be led by someone who's knowledgeable and knows and the effects. moreover,
1: before you do the guinea pig, try to do the good for your lifestyle. I would say lot before someone asks you to have some pills or the herbs or even a drugs, how could you naturally put your potentially healing together? That's the most important
0: thing. I had read about the Ayu- Ayurveda um, This is so incredibly interesting and it sounds like such a whole complete way of looking at an individual and it seems to match so much of what people are finding now about energy and our bodies and our healing and our capacity to heal ourselves with things that aren't pills and it's very exciting. Now I have to ask you a little different direction or perhaps it's not. You mentioned the Vedic astrology. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely. Vedic astrology is a Sanskrit word and it's basically meant the divine light. And what is that divine light? What is the knowledge that it gives to you? I always take inputs of Vedic astrology for my patients because as you know, I have been trained and educated and played from the beginning of my life years with this knowledge that gives me a different set of window to look at my patients or my clients or people that they would like to tap into this whole different scenario. It's not that you can believe in Vedic astrology or not. It's for me to integrate that science of what your natural chart that you are born with. So basically Vedic astrology is all about your planetary blueprint that you are born with. Where was the planet placed? How they were placed? What angles they were placed? What constellations? Which type their different knowledge about how they influence being together, their combinations, and it's all interpreting. Mainly what I focus is your wellness, your health through it. And people definitely come for different reasons, but I would say it acts like a torch for me to guide you into your different arena of the concerns. I have 12 year old girl. She's been suffering from leukoderma last four years. We've been working with her. At the beginning when she came, her mom asked me, why she? Because of the white patches, they were in the scalp, on face, on both hands and feet. Nobody wants to be her friend.
0: Nobody wants to
1: sit with her. That's a social stigma. That, to me, is the question that mom would ask why she the answer is not to me or the answer is not with the mom it's the karma then we looked into the vedic charts what it has to say it's a mirror to see what karma she brings or what modifications she needs to be done what are their rest purpose of the life the dharma of the life that she's been here for so i went into that all brastics all that basics to find out What influence from the nature and how that I could integrate into my wellness for her. And we did the spiritual awakening, the energy healing for her. We also did definitely the Ayurvedic. Like I explained to you, Ayurvedic treatments include herbs, diet, lifestyle, Ayurvedic therapies of cleansing. And that has put together a very nice, now she don't have, all the face is clear.
0: Wonderful.
1: Uh, all her hands and feet are clear. And now that I talk with her mom, she's so happy. It's the faith, not on me, but on the science that brings you such a great value to your life. It is a wellness that translates in a very different level of energy healing or different level of consciousness, or different level of purpose of life, that one can integrate with all of that Vedic. That's why our slogan that I thought is transforming the lives through Vedic wisdom. You know, we could really transform just by educating people, just by healing people, just by telling them how one single thing For an example, choosing a fresh fruit over
0: a donut. (laughs) You know, simple. (laughs) Yes. Simple. So the golden nuggets like that can change somebody's life. Now, you've been kind enough to be a faculty member at ALI and to share this information with the members of ALI. What's your experience been like?
1: I would have to honestly say that more than I could educate my all OLLI students, I have learned a lot from them. Uh, They are wise. They are awakened. At that age point, every one of your member is so healthy, so vibrant, so lively. And I want to congratulate all of them, including you, because when you accomplished everything and when you have... uh, Time you invest into such a greater cause. And I really wish that my life should be like Ollie life that is there, (laughs) like my students, you know. They take time for themselves to have a wellness talk, time for themselves to understand the education. They learn so much at the age that they should be really doing nothing, you know, but they have that fire that I take it from them. So that's very first thing, my experience. The second experience that I have is they ask intelligent questions. Their questions are so mature that sometimes even I go dig down into my textbook and I come back to them. They ask very wise questions, very practical questions. And number three, I would like to invite all my Oli students to visit our center. We have a center in Koppel. We are going to give 15% discount for all Oli students who would like to incorporate the Ayurveda wellness into their lifestyle. I am there for continuing education, for asking the questions I have classes lined up for them. They can contact me. And Susan can definitely share you
0: that. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. Uh, you're just a delightful person to speak with. And speaking of energy, you have this wonderful energy that just radiates. And I'm sure people can feel that just by listening to your voice. And I thank you so much for being here with me today.
1: Thank you, Susan. Thank you for all Oli group and all you put together, such a beautiful, beautiful programs, curriculums. And I really thank you that Stephanie has brought Susan here. Uh, Thank you so (laughs) much. She is an add-on gem, a diamond person here. And I really hope to continue our conversation offline. And uh, thank you so much. You
0: bet. And I look forward to hearing more of what you have to say in the upcoming OLLI classes. And thank you so much for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you. This has been Susan Supak speaking at the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of North Texas with Vedacharya Dr. Danada Kulkarni. Thanks so much for listening. Namaste.